It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. A mid-morning dance with the devil from the farmer of fury. Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. It's another night and another murder statistic in London after a man was gunned down in Enfield. It seems the Christmas spirit isn't doing anything to stop the tide of violence and the toll of murder has now reached 131 in the capital in this year alone. This morning, we're not going to bemoan the state of our streets, the failings of the London Mayor Sadiq Khan or the lack of police uh, out there as well. No, this morning we are talking to the Prince's Trust about the disengagement of our young people, why so many of them are turning to gangs and to crime, why so few of them have any kind of role model and are seeing their futures as in any way bright, and what we can do to actually change it. 0344 499 1000. It's a fascinating study, it's a fascinating conversation, and I think for everybody who is out there, whether you have children or not, uh, you're going to want to hear it right here. Later this morning, we'll hear from the Home Secretary, Sajid Javid, on the immigration white paper, which will map out post-Brexit rules of engagement for migrants coming to the UK. Uh, If you're looking to employ people from the European Union, uh, you must listen to exactly what he has to say and we'll find out just why we are allowing foreign embassies to get away with nearly half a million quids worth of parking fines they're just not paying them 0344 499 1000 and as parents everywhere prepare for entertaining their kids for the Christmas holidays as they take off from school we'll bring you a few tips on how to keep them occupied plus we'll be joined later on by Grammy award winning producer Steve Lillywhite you're listening to me Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio Now, we could start the show off by talking about Brexit, but I don't want to do that. We could start the show off by talking about precisely what Theresa May and the Cabinet came out with yesterday, but we don't want to do that either, because you know what? We're going to try and keep this as Brexit-free between now and the end of the week as possible. It is going to be the end of the parliamentary session very shortly. Everybody's going to go home for Christmas, and they're going to come back on January the 7th and have another go at trying to push through this particular Brexit uh, withdrawal agreement. We shall see how that goes. The Home Secretary is expected to unveil plans for the UK's post-Brexit immigration system because, of course, there's only 100 days left to go uh, until the 29th of March when we actually leave the European Union. Let's talk about something completely different instead. Let's talk about something which is far more important, really, uh, than the future of Britain in or out of the European Union. This is about the future of Britain's children, the future of Britain's youth, the future of Britain's teenagers, many of whom are feeling very disenfranchised, as if they have no community, as if they have no kind of family life whatsoever, and
and more importantly, really, than anything, no ability to move socially through the ranks of jobs, uh, through the ranks of society, and to become a success story. Let's talk to Paul Brown, who's from the Prince's Trust, because the Prince's Trust this morning, uh, in a couple of the papers, has got a report uh, out which says, basically, 45% of young people do not have a parent they see as a role model. Worryingly, they see social media stars as the kind of people to look up to, uh, and they basically don't seem to have much of a direction in which to travel. Let's find out from Paul uh, why this is. Paul, a very good morning to you. Welcome. Good morning, Mike. Thanks very much for joining us. It's very important that we talk about these kinds of things, and and, and maybe we should talk about them more than we do, Paul. But tell us briefly about the study, uh, what you found, uh, and, and, and what we can do about it. So the Princess Trust is a charity that's always stood up for young people. We've been helping them for over 40 years now. And what we've noticed in recent years is young people tell us that they're, they're feeling disconnected mm. from the economy, disconnected from the society they live in. And so we've done a piece of research that might quantify and try and find out what the real issues are right. for young people. And they're telling us um, that they don't feel that their communities care about them and therefore they don't care back. Um, many of them have given up hopes of getting a decent job, getting on the career ladder and maybe owning their own home one day. And we feel this disconnect between young people and their communities could lead to real big problems in the future. Well, exactly. And I mean, we see an awful lot of this uh, every day, particularly with the, with the, with the, uh, sort of the, the outbreak of crime, knife crime in particular, in lots of parts of the country, not just in London. I mean, I saw a piece of footage of two girls, teenage girls, I believe, on a train the other day, uh, who were sort of threatening the other passengers. Very violent, very, very horrible things being said, uh, and, and clearly very angry children. And, you know, as much as you say, you look at them and you go, that's disgraceful, they shouldn't be behaving like that. It's very worrying that they've got to that point. Yeah, and, and we believe that, you know, nobody's born bad. Young people grow up in their families with their school support. And we believe that with the influence of a positive adult role model, then mm. young people can form a really positive bond with society and can make a great contribution but if you don't have those positive influences the danger is that negative influences come in mm. and can take their place and we want to avoid that vacuum by making sure that young people can do really constructive things in their society and you know lead positive lives in the future yeah i mean one of the things i'm seeing here is that a young person's stake in society according to the report declines sharply between the ages of 15 and 25 what do you think happens during those those years yeah, so we've been thinking about this and talking with a lot of young people. And I think when you're in school and you've got some stability around you because you've got a, a peer network, you've got the positive influence of your teachers, um, I think that feels like a fairly comparatively comfortable place for young people. But when you leave that school environment and, and set out to try and get a job in a really fiercely competitive market where we know that lots of employment doesn't carry that certainty, progression and respect that you want. We think that forms a troubling time for young people mm. and uh, a really difficult time to get through, particularly in this day and age. No, of course. And the role of social media, once again, is, is mentioned. And clearly, you know, we are dealing with a, a generation of people who are spending far more time um, on electronic devices than, than anyone has ever done before. You know, when, when I suppose... Um, Kids who are now in their late 20s to early 30s were playing on, on Game Boys and things like that. It was nothing compared to what you get now. And again, it can be a positive or a negative. Yeah. I mean, there is so much inspirational content on social media where young people can now connect with their football stars, their idols, business leaders, and they can hear really motivational um, content. But again, if you go down the wrong route and if you don't have a positive role model to point you in the right direction, then you can have all kinds of negative mm. influence. 
influences. Yeah. So I think we need as a society to have this conversation, and that's what the Princess Trust wants to be part of. Sure. Well, let's have a, 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 the conversation not just with the two of us, Paul, but with uh, somebody who has found themselves in difficulties at times but has since come out of it, a youth worker with the Princess Trust. Uh, it's Gideon Boisboing. Gideon, a very good uh, afternoon morning to you, I should say. Good morning, good morning. Thanks very much. Now, listen, Gideon, your experience itself is an interesting one because, of course, um, you had um, bad influences in, in your young life, which you kind of yes. perhaps listened to for a while but then moved away from. Tell us yes. why you think that, that the ages between, say, 15 and 25 are so um, important, if you like, for, for role models. Because um, as a teenager, you are finding yourself. You are becoming who you think you will become. So, you know, you're, you're listening to everything and you're taking everything in. You're trying to understand what life is. So you need guidance. You mm. need that positive influence to show you and to teach you the right things to do, to teach you from right to wrong, to teach you what your actions and the consequences of your actions are. Yeah. Now, you grew, up in South, in, very important. you grew up in South London, right, where uh, there was yeah. quite a bit of gang culture going on. There's still an awful lot of gang culture in and around the inner cities of this country. Um, yes. Is that all you see when you're living in those kinds of areas? That is all you see. Um, that is all that you can relate to. Mm. Your friends are doing it. Uh, maybe your older brothers and cousins are doing it. I work in the pre When I speak to my young people, most of them during the lifestyle because of their cousins and their brothers and their friends around them. There's always a connection. And so how, like a long line of connection. Yeah. And so how did you personally um, kind of sidestep that and, and, and get out of that? Um, and what advice could you give to anybody else who doesn't see a way out of it? Well, I my mum got called in um, in year 11 by my head teacher and she got told that I was a gangster. She broke down in tears right in front of me. And that day, something shifted in me, and I thought, it's not right. Why is my mum crying for me? So I made the conscious decision not to go to college because a lot of my friends went to college. Mm. I chose to go to sixth form because I heard all, because I heard the good boys go to sixth form. So I thought maybe I can get some positive influences and see life on a different side, and that's what I did. Okay. So from there, I found positive influences through teachers, through mentors, and through friends. So let me come back to, to Paul Brown from the Prince's Trust. Say where you are, Gideon. Paul, um, Gideon's telling a very familiar story, I'm sure, from, from, from your point of view. Um, what is it that we need to do? Because, you know, we often talk to community leaders and they'll say things like there's not enough for the kids to do, there's not enough youth centres and all of that. I'm not sure that that's the answer in this day and age, is it? Well, actually, I think the first thing is to acknowledge that people can change their life. So young people, for whatever reason, do find themselves in a tough position. It might be they've been led down the, the, the pathway to joining a gang yeah. um, or a criminal background. You can turn things around. And at the Prince's Trust, we see this day in, day out. So the main thing is that young people need to reach out and, and ask for support or ask for help, whether it's a family member, a teacher. They can phone organisations like the Prince's Trust. And we can introduce them to a new way of life where they can start to build a more positive future for themselves. Right. But, but they've got to take that decision to change things. And it's brilliant that Gideon did, and hopefully he's going to inspire some of your listeners today. OK. Gideon, I mean, it was a, a, an attack on you, I think, that, that led you to have, yeah. that, uh, to have that kind of change of heart, as it were. And then you got a mentor through the Prince's Trust. Tell us how that worked. Yes. So it actually was an attack. After, after I went to sixth form, like I said, I began to surround myself with positive influences. So I, I followed my GCSEs, but... Through sixth form, I got my GCSEs, I got my BTEC, and I went to uni. Mm. So I was at university, 
after leaving that lifestyle completely, I got drawn back in because of um, a close family member to me he called me to a situation saying that I should come and meet him. Right. I met him and then it was an ambush and that left me attacked. So I had left that, I had made um, steps to leave that lifestyle already. Right. So through that attack, one of my customers from my retail job pointed me out to the Prince's Trust and she, and and I got e-mental, sorry, and she explained to me how powerful my story was. Um, when I told her my story, I just thought it just, it's normal because this is what, this is our reality. People die from knives and gun attacks. I thought it was normal, but she explained that, no, Gideon, your story can be a service to young people. So after, so with her help and her direction, I put my story together, and ever since, I've been doing youth work. Okay. And what sort of, I mean, just practically, how does the mentoring system work? Is it somebody you see every day? Do they sort of guide you through life, as it, as it were, or what? Yes. So me, I, I work in a prison. I've seen my young people one-to-ones in group sessions and just speak to them, speak to them like a friend, come down to their level and understand, listen to what they have to say, listen to what their issues are and guide them. Okay. It literally starts from that level, just listening mm. and understanding, not judging, listening. They can relate to me because I've been through what they've been through. Right. And now you're working as a, a, as a youth worker with, with people who were like yourself or who are yes. like you were, as it, as, as it were. I mean, yes. and what, what, do you, what do you tell them? And what do you, do you find that they've got the same kind of problems you had or is it a little bit different now? Um, the roots of the problem are still the same. It's just at a worse rate, I think, to what it was when I was younger. I think right now, because it's been left for so long and we are only understanding what it is now. It's, it's the young people's minds are conditioned differently. Mm. It's a mentality they have, and it's very, very hard to change someone's mentality. It takes a very, very long time, mm. which is why they need someone that's going to be consistent with them and that's going to guide them day in and day out. Okay. It needs to be consistent. All right. Gideon, stay where you are. Thank you very much. Paul, um, coming back to you again, um, Paul Brown from the Prince's Trust, what is it, do you think, that is that has changed in society? Because I was saying earlier to Julie Hartley Brewer that I feel as though when I was younger, there was a lot more opportunity in terms of movement between what you might call social, socially mobile situations. You know, social mobility seemed better in the 70s and 80s than it is now. I think you're right. The old adage was that each generation would do better than their mm. parents before them, and, and that contract seems to have been broken. Yeah. I think it's worth remembering that young people leaving school um, next summer, they'll spend their entire secondary school against the backdrop of austerity. Yeah. All they've seen is things being cut and jobs becoming less secure and less stable. And frankly, we need to give them some hope for the future to work with them, to boost their confidence and their skills so we can demonstrate they can get a decent job and contribute to society and feel the benefits in return. But if we can't guarantee them a decent job, then is there any point in pretending that we can, I suppose is my question, because if we are facing a different reality and if we are looking at a society which is less sort of socially mobile, um, then perhaps we should, we, we're doing something wrong by not preparing them for that. Well, I think we can only do our best. And actually, employment levels are high. Many of the jobs aren't perfect, but we think by working with young people to arm them with the confidence and skills, we can give them the best shot at a decent future in what is an uncertain world. Indeed. Well, listen, Paul, thank you very much indeed for doing the report. Uh, if people want to see the report in its entirety, can they get a hold of it? You just go to our website. We'll be pushing it out on social media today. And really importantly, if anybody's listening who's a young person who wants to turn their life around, the Prince's Trust is here for you today. OK, Paul, thanks very much indeed. Let's go back to uh, Gideon uh, for the last word. Uh, Gideon Boabwang. Uh, Gideon, I mean, as far as your um, 
concerned. Do you feel as though you have now got a stake in society as a result of, of what your life has changed into? Definitely. I make it. I've made it for the last year. I've made it my duty and my passion to help as much young people as I can. Okay. As much as I can. And what what could if if you say there's a couple of youngsters listening now to this show uh, who might have finished school because it's coming up to Christmas holidays, they're sitting there listening to the radio and they're going, yeah, well it's all right, very well for these guys to talk about it, you know, but they don't know what my life is like, they don't know how miserable I am, they don't know how I have no real you know role models in my life. What, what would you say to them? I'll say reach out, reach out. The Princess Trust is here. I thought I didn't. I didn't actually have role models when I was young but there's a lot of services that are here to help you guys just reach out if it's an email if it's if it's by Twitter by Snapchat reach out people are here to help we are here to help okay we are we are we are a message away you're not alone honestly you're not alone reach out we are here people want to help people are tired of the killings people people understand your lives I understand your lives I've been through it First-time experience. We are here. Reach out. We want to help. Okay. Well, listen, Gideon, it's a very, very clear message, and I'm sure if anyone's listening, they will do exactly that. Thanks very much indeed. Gideon uh, Boabeng there, uh, who is himself now a youth worker with the Prince's Trust, but he was at one time um, in danger of actually going down that route of possibly ending up uh, with a knife thrust into his chest or into his back or into his leg or shot. Uh, another shooting last night in Enfield uh, has left one man dead, three young people arrested, and it's the 131st homicide in London this year alone. Ross Campbell's coming up very shortly. He's, of course, Talk Radio's political editor. He'll guide us through what's going to happen with Sajid Javid's paper today uh, and the immigration report, which is going to come out. Uh, also, we'll be hearing about Robbie Williams, who's had a feud going on for five years uh, with Led Zeppelin's uh, Jimmy Page about building an underground swimming pool uh, because they live next door to each other in a lavish uh, part of, of Kensington uh, near Holland Park Avenue. Uh, we'll be hearing about that. Steve Lillywhite coming in a little bit later on as well. Uh, don't forget, you can tweet us at Talk Radio, at IROMG. You can text us as well to 87222. Uh, we're asking you about what to do about these kids who are coming up from poorer backgrounds in this country and apparently not believing in anything, not believing they can go anywhere. A survey of more than 3,000 people by the Prince's Trust revealed that 45% of them do not regard their parents as role models. So if you're a parent, uh, are you a role model? Should you be a better role model? Let's talk to Dan, who's in Portsmouth. Hello, Dan. Yeah, hi. Uh, yeah. Um, I just wanted to... Uh, yeah, um, it's an interesting debate, this, but... I don't buy what the, the guy was saying earlier. Okay. Everyone, obviously, I listen to everyone's story, and everyone's got a story, and you can't take any away from an individual story, oh, right? Yeah. So, you know, someone who's come off the rails and then got back onto them, you know, good on them. I'm, I'm all for that. But me and my, I've got a close group of pals, um, probably six, seven of us, yeah. right? We grew up, we grew up in quite a rough area. Right. None of us, none of, we all came from sort of single parent families. Okay. Um, not a lot of money kicking around, and not a lot of role models going on. All right, but I tell you what, every single one of them, including myself, has done all right. Okay. He's done pretty well, you know, actually. Um, at least two of them are, are probably millionaires. Right. All right, and, and, and I'm probably the poorest of the lot, and I'm doing very nicely. Okay. Uh, what my point is... Well, why do you think that is, then? Why, why, is, why is your well, experience we, different? Well, I think because well, I'm nearly 50, yeah. all right, and we grew up at, in a time where society wasn't bending over backwards to tell us that nothing was our fault. 
and and it owed us and everything was owed to us. Yeah, we grew up in a time where reality was king, and and you, you, you knew that you could succeed, succeed or fail. And if you failed, it it was a good chance that some of it was down to you. And and if you succeeded, again, you know, it was different. It was a different time. It was now we, we, society is just bending over, telling everyone yeah. they can be a reality star. Now that might be true, right? That might be true, Dan. But what, what I would say to you as well, because you're a little bit younger than me, but not much, um, is that when we were growing up, there was definitely a lot of opportunities for us to do almost anything. You know, and I would put that lay that very much at the door of Margaret Thatcher in the eighties yeah. when the big bang happened in London. Well, I know, super hot. Yeah, but super hot. Yeah, yeah, of course. That, that's that one story. Now I, I, I hear what you're saying, but I, I still don't really agree. I'll tell you what, right? Out my mates, I mentioned one's yeah. a brickie, right? Right, one's a mechanic. Right, yeah. one fits windows okay. on quite a large scale in the city of London. Yeah, all right, and one's in the recruitment business. Okay, not one of them's got an O level to their name. Uh. So it's so it's and, and those things you can still become a bricklayer. You can still become a you can still become a mechanic. You know, though those things are still open, but yeah. no one wants to do it anymore because they've been told by by society they don't need to do yeah. it. Listen, I, 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 I'm, I'm not going to disagree with you, Dan, because I think you're absolutely right. There is this idea that people have got, well, if I can't become an overnight success on The X Factor or Britain's Got Talent or on Instagram, then I'm just not going to bother. A very simplified version of what I'm saying, but I agree. That's it. It, 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 and nothing is your fault. Nothing is the other problem, I think, as well, Dan, and, and I think you'd probably agree with me here, certainly in lots of inner city areas of Britain, the drug business is so much more massive than it was when we were growing up. You know, there was no yeah. drug business as such. I mean, everybody knew that there was drugs, but it wasn't on such a massive scale. And people like Gideon, I think we're, from what he's talking about growing up in South London, you know, surrounded yeah. by people dealing drugs. Yeah, no, the, I, I'm not going to take anything away from that. That, that is, that's clearly a problem. Yeah. That is a problem. And, and, I, and I'm not saying role models or lack of role models isn't a problem. Of course it is. You need fathers in the family. You need people from big kids to look up to. Yeah. But all I'm saying is that out of, the, out of that group I mentioned, which is our story, we didn't have role models. What about your own? What about your group's kids, Dan? Because it sounds like you've got a pretty tight knit group of friends. They're all having totally different lives. They're having the lives we should have had. They're having the lives that we're describing here that they should have. They're, they've got strict, relatively strict upbringing. Uh-huh. School is key. Yeah. They're having all the, the lessons that we didn't have. But all I'm saying is we still managed it. You know. We no, but what are they doing time. though? What are, what are your kids doing? Is what I'm saying. No, they're, they're, they're working. Are they they're spoiled rotten? Have they're... you spoiled them no, rotten? No, 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 I have not. <laughs> Are you sure? Absolutely. No, I promise you. My, my, one of my mates, right, he's very well off indeed, right? Yeah. He does really well. His kids only found out that there was a shop called Toys of Us after their 10th birthday. Really? They didn't know it existed, and that's because an uncle took him there, right. right? And my pal went mental. When he found out that his <laughs> uncle had took him to Toys of Us right. Christmas, he went mad because right. he never took him there. Yes. So, no, definitely not. You can't, no, definitely not spoiled. Okay. Well, listen, Dan, it's a great call. Thank you very much indeed. Dan from Portsmouth there pointing out uh, that it's not right to say that just because you have to come from a single parent home or just because you come from a poor background means that you end up in a bad situation dealing drugs or stabbing people or shooting people. Of course, you don't have to do that. However, more and more kids are doing it, and many, many more kids don't seem to have any supervision whatsoever. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. 
You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Now let's go to Jeff, who's in Hull. Hello, Jeff. Good morning, Chief. How are you? Very, very well. What would you like to tell us? Well, I was just want, I'm going to find anything I can use now to use the term liquidity in it. I thought that was wonderful. <laughs> very true. Very true. Well, listen, I'm just looking forward to seeing my Bradbury pound. That's going to, I'm going to cash in immediately. Yeah. Can you ask him for two? Because I'd like one. Yeah, OK. I'll get him, yeah, send a couple, Paddy, if you're still listening. We could do with a few pounds up in Hull. Yeah, well, indeed. Um, I mean, I've been to Kingston upon Hull. It's the only place I've seen people eating chips on a pizza. We've changed a bit since the seventies. It's not crap Steady. anymore, mate. No, it wasn't that. Long, it wasn't that long ago. I was there. Go on, carry on. What's, what, what do you want um, to tell us? Yeah, going back to the story that we were talking about, that you, I was listening. It was very interesting earlier regarding we were, we, you were talking to that lovely young fella who yes. turned his life around and so on. Indeed, it was absolutely enthralling listening to him because anybody who gets off the backside makes something of themselves. I'm all for that guy right. all day long. Sure. I think there's a number of problems that we have here. Um, uh, and if I've, if I've got a minute, I'll try and cover a couple of them. Yeah, no, the please problems, do. Uh, the problems for youth nowadays is, is, is number four. Here, I agree with you completely what you said. If they're using people like Joey Essex as role models, yeah. then you know what you're going to get. Right. Um, secondly, the, the, when, I, when I left school in, in, in Kingston upon Hull, it was a very, very poor city. We're talking a place that was not a nice place to live. Right. Your, op- your options of work were the steelworks, the trawlers, or the army. Uh-huh. Now, I chose the army and made a really good career out of it and came out of it really well. Right. Um, however, if you look at that side of it, and then add that to the side of it, so these guys that are having problems now, when I was growing up, Regardless of whether we had no money, we had an outside toilet. Our house was knocked down in the sun clearing. Mm. My mother and father had the strictest morals, the greatest upbringing I could have ever wished for was under a family that had nothing. Because they absolutely 100% made sure that you did everything by the numbers. Yes. And, and they pushed you to make something of yourself and, and do better than they did and encouraged you in every single way, sat with you and 
did your homework and worked yeah. through problems in mathematics. And, and my parents were, were indicative of parents of that era where they wanted their children to do better. Now, the problem nowadays is a lot of these kids are, are the product of second and third generation wasters that just have no time. They want the kids to wake up, sh- shove a chocolate bar in the hand and get out the house because they don't have time for them. And they use school as, mm. as free babysitting. Yeah. But is it, but is it also, Jeff, that, that because the parents now have so much more than, than your parents or even my parents had, that, they, you know, the kids are less kind of, uh, um, I don't know, they're less ambitious, if you like, because they just expect no everything. There's no value in anything now because they expect everything. Yeah. That's the problem. There is no value in anything. I was having a conversation this morning with a lovely chap who's a caretaker at the business that I run. Yeah. And he, he, we were discussing things that we had that were interesting as, as great presents when we were kids. And sure. I said, you know, box, box of Airfix, toy soldiers, that type of yeah. thing. And he was like, oh, I've got a, my first tape-to-tape record player. Yes. All that business. Mm. Nowadays, if it isn't an £800 iPhone, oh, I know. It's, it's useless. I know. Because there's no value in anything. And then they break the screen on it and go back to Dad and say, I need another one. Yeah. And if you don't get me it, if you don't give me it, my friends at school fill me in. Exactly. I mean, we've got uh, two kids now who, who and, and, and we sat around over the last month or so. They don't really need anything. I can't think of anything they need for Christmas, you know? Every single thing they need, they already probably have, but in a different colour. Yeah. I know. Now, as well as that, so you have these poor kids that are coming up in this... In, I mean, it is a different environment now. It's a different playground to the one you and I grew up. Yeah. But my other my partner is a teacher. Right. And, and she would tell you the next problem is these kids are then thrown out the front door in the morning, they're sent to school, and they get to school still with a bit of ambition. It doesn't matter where they come from. It comes to the deepest, darkest part of Tower Hamlet. They go to school still with ambition. They still want to be something. And then they get to school, and the kids that come from nothing have nothing given to them at school. There's no resources used on them. There's no teaching assistance. There's nothing. But yet in the classes that are achieving, they get everything. Yeah. Uh, my partner was telling me a story a short while ago about a class that they were sharing textbooks. Yeah. I mean, how shameful is that in 2018 in Great Britain? They were sharing textbooks. Well, I got a note from my kids' school not that long ago, and it's not a particularly run-down school, and it's not a particularly run-down area, asking for parents to help out uh, with anything that they could, whether it be an old laptop that you weren't using anymore. I mean, they're basically short of stuff, and they're asking for freebies. Oh, it's shameful. It really it is. It's as if we don't play, pay any tax. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. What are they doing with it all? If we were paying nothing, you would accept that. You'd probably chip in and help yeah. a little bit. Yeah, but, but I pay more tax every every paying. single year. I pay more tax than I did the year before. And get less for it. Yeah, exactly. No, I do. Can I give you another idea? I've got to run. Jeff, listen, hold on to that thought, right, and come back to us another time. Yeah. certainly takes you back, doesn't it? We were just talking uh, there to uh, a copyright lawyer, Mark Stevens. Uh, we're now going to talk to a man who makes an awful lot of music. Steve Lillywhite is here. Steve, 
Welcome, welcome back and a Merry Christmas to you. And a Merry Christmas to you too, mate. Now, I'm going to start this off with a little a t- a tweet that I've got here from Christopher. It says, I'm delighted to hear Steve Lily White's coming on later. For me, Simple Minds, Sparkle in the Rain is my favourite album and, of course, produced by the great man. That's right. That was so, ni- 1984 and yeah. actually that was the album where I met Kirsty McColl. Was it? She came in to do some backing vocals right. and I thought, that's the girl for me. Right, wow. You did fall sort of more or less head over heels in love with her at first sight, didn't you? I did. It was it was very strange. Mm. I mean, it was. I suppose when you're spending all your time in the recording studio, yeah. the, the 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 pool for where you can find your future mates, yes, is, is sort it's, of that's limited. where you're going to be. Yeah, <laughs> but it's probably, they're probably worse places, though. I would imagine. Yes, it's not yes. as if there's not going to be a reasonable. Um, I don't know what to use the word supply of fine-looking <laughs> young women, but that's a good place to start. Yes, yes, but it, it's funny. So many people have said to me over the years, "Oh my God, you must have had so much partying." Mm. You know, you produced the Rolling Stones, but. The, the whole thing is, is normally when these people go into the studio, yeah. it's not to party, it's to make art right. and to make the music. The partying really happens when they're on the road yeah. and backstage, you know, so I always used to say groupies, uh, um, used to say roadies got yeah. more groupies than I did. Yes, that's probably true because yeah. you weren't really on the road. Really I never, very never often. really went on the road. Did with you my never bands. fancy doing that? Was it not something? I mean, I know you've told us about how you did Glastonbury with you too. Yes, which was a kind of an exceptional situation. It right? was. That was, you know, but that was actually I wasn't doing the live sound. I mm. just did the the. I also did you two at Red Rocks, which was their fa- their fame. I was at Red Rocks. Were you? See, that was it. my first kind of. I remember there's a there's a there's a either an elongated video or a yeah. documentary which I saw, which was one of the first times I. I ever saw you two on TV. Yeah, uh, Under and I a Blood it Red Sky, it was yeah. called. Yeah. Well, I got the album Under a Blood Red Sky. I've still, still got yeah. the vinyl, which, okay. which I bought at the time that it came out. Oh, thank um, you. And I can still play it because I haven't left it with too many girlfriends who also scratch all my albums, right? <laughs> so I'm always happy that I can play it both sides, uh, no scratches. It's brilliant. Um, but that was a fantastic venue to play. I've it was, and, and I'll tell you there. the quick story is yeah. that, is that um, the band were not that big, but but they flew us all out to record it. They had camera crews. They even had hired a helicopter yeah. to fly in. And it's Colorado, right? Is in Colorado, Colorado yeah. uh, Boulder, Colorado. Yeah. And up to 15 minutes before the show started, it was going to be cancelled because mm. of the rain. Oh, wow. And, um, and what happened was 15 minutes before the rain stopped, and we got all this mist and all this. So it looked incredible. Mm. And uh, and it was one of the great moments in my life, I have to say. I bet. Uh, I, I was backstage recording it. But after a while, I thought, I'll let the engineer do it. I'll just right. go and stand on the side of the stage. And, and you know, they ba- they basically plucked victory from the, from yeah. the jaws and of how, and who were the And who was the crowd, effectively? Because they weren't that well known over in America at that point. No. Well, they'd had um, New Year's Day had been right. a hit. War album was, was, okay. was a hit. Right. And, of course, Pride was a hit mm. but um this was no 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 i don't think pride no unforgettable fire hadn't been released by that point no that they had a certain you know like five they had a five thousand yeah. people they yeah. could do okay you know incredible absolutely amazing yeah. funnily enough talk we were talking about documentaries because the documentary of the fairy tale making of the fairy tale of new york right. is back out again on bbc4 and I watched it again the other night, and uh, and I wish without wishing to be in any way unkind to you, you look so young. Well, in yes, it. <laughs> it was th- it was thirty years ago, and 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 I I was very lucky in my career. I I had my first hit when I was twenty three. Yes, with um, and that was Hong Kong Garden. Hong Kong wasn't Garden it? Yeah. with Susie. Because the, the last time you were here, uh, it was the anniversary, wasn't it? Forty years. Forty years of, since of, my first. And I hit. went, my God, Susie and the Banshees. I've still got, funnily enough, um, a twelve inch single, not of that, but of a later Susie and the Banshees right, uh, right. thing, which I occasionally play as well. Yeah, they, they they were great. So, 
Yeah, it's um, yeah. When I met with you too, I mm. was actually the successful producer, and right. they and they were the the unknown band. Right. Well, that was what was funny about this this particular documentary about um, uh, about making a fairy tale in New York because the Pogues um, manager comes across Frank, very much yeah. as a guy that I've met in Dublin a million times. <laughs> you know, the guy who says, "No, I've got an idea for you," um, but he but he was trying to sound as though sort of he'd hired you. Uh, rather than you coming to them and sort of making the the record that really, as they say in the documentary, has provided uh, Shane McGowan with a pension because before that he really didn't have much money to no. to, to claim to fame about. No, no, no. Yeah, that's right. But he was a great man. He's yeah. actually died, uh, Frank Murray. Since. Oh, has he? Yeah. yeah, he died a couple of years ago. Um, but no, I, 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 you know, every Christmas I, I, I tend to do some interviews about Fairy Tale of New York, right. and, and a week ago I did a couple with uh, some Irish uh, hot press, okay. actually. And, and I said, oh, you know, how is Shane? They said, well, Shane is great, but he just sits at home now watching mm. television all day really? yeah. with, with some white wine. Right, which is a shame, I suppose, because, I mean, he probably has some talent in there to, that, that if he could be bothered to bring it out, would come I, out. I, I think it's all burnt out. Really? Now. But, but the good thing about him is that he doesn't think the world needs new music from him. Right. And I think one of the problems with all these old guys yeah. is that they are still making albums, even though, you know, and, and for me, perhaps Elton John and Paul McCartney yeah. are, are slightly spoiling their legacy yes. by, by making inferior records mm. to their classics. Although, do you know what? I got Paul, I downloaded Paul McCartney's latest album, yeah. um, Egypt Station, I think it's called. Oh, right. Um, it's actually not bad. It's okay. I mean, I quite liked it. I mean, maybe it's because I'm an old git now as well. Um, and so therefore <laughs> I just sit there and go, yeah, this is quite nice to drive back up to London with, you know, in my nice car. But uh, he played the O2, of course, just the other day. Right. Three, I think he did three shows. Um, got Ringo Starr up and oh. still can command a massive kind of um, audience. I was there, you know, thanks to you, to watch you 2 uh, yes. a couple of months ago. And they were, I have to say, absolutely incredibly good. Incredibly yeah. good live. I mean, of course, lots of people were doing this whole, oh, I see he was virtue signalling about the EU, as if Bob Dylan never did anything political. Well, you know, you can argue that, that perhaps nowadays, you know, pop stars are a little bit like footballers. Yeah. All they care about is their brand yeah. imaging and not and not pissing anyone off. Right. Whereas, uh, you know, I, I think Bono puts himself out there mm. and he's passionate he ab is. about, you know, about peace in the world, about no walls, yeah. about no barriers, uh -huh. you know, and all the good stuff, I think. He's, oh, he did. Um, I mean, he said, he said, we've just been on a tour of Europe uh, yeah. uh, and he said, we've been talking to people and he said, they've got a message for you here in Britain. They don't want you to leave. Right. And it was really actually quite compelling yeah. and, and, you know, heartfelt. And you just think, well, as I say, the people who, who who I've seen people on social media say, "Well, I'm never going to see you two again." You know, I want to leave the European. Union. It's like, don't be an idiot. What right. has that got to do with anything? Right. Well, if you don't agree with him, that's fine. But you can still enjoy the music. Yeah. And the stage show itself was. Oh, it's incredible, isn't it? I, I think the technology they use yeah. with, with the, the 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 screen down the middle. Yes. Ra rather than mm. behind the band. Mm. You know, it makes such a, 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 it just gives him so many options to do so many different things. Yeah, yeah. So it was a fantastic show. Now, you're back here, I presume, for Christmas. I'm um, here for Christmas. We're going to yeah. talk to you in a little while about the uh, magazine's, uh, Q Magazine's best albums of the year list, because, in fact, you, I think it was you that recommended the Arctic Monkeys new album to me. Yeah. Uh, which is very good. It is very good. Um, but, but We'll play a bit of that later. Yeah. The thing I find that, that's a little bit sad, do you have to go to a... Not yet. No, don't oh, worry. Okay. I'll tell you when I have to do that. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> the, the, the thing I find sad is that, you know, I was looking at the top 20 albums mm. of 2018. Yeah. Selling. And the only album 
by a band in the top 20 yeah. was the Arctic Monkeys right. at number nine. Wow. You know, when we were growing up, and that sounds like we're old now, but but the idea, you know, there were great bands, mm. many, many different varied bands. Yes. You may not have liked Simply Red, yeah. but, you know, they were a they band. They were a band, yeah. You know, perhaps you like Simple Minds yeah. or Big Country or mm. more of this, but there was they were all varied sorts of bands. Right. But now the... You know, the only band in the top 20 albums yeah. is, is Arctic Monkeys. Right. And, but that's also, does that not also tell you that the, I suppose, the selling and, and the downloading or whatever of the album stuff is not as important, perhaps, as it once was? To it a might... band, to a, like you 2 for example. I mean, their new album, I assume, didn't do particularly brilliantly. No, it, it didn't. But make... it's not bad. I mean, it's not a bad no, album. it's not a bad album, but it didn't... Uh, it... You know, with for them, they've they've probably got to a point now where where people will always go to the shows. Yeah. You know, but but you know, uh, the charts are not made of music now. Mm. The, the, but what was interesting this time, for example, because we saw them a couple of years ago, the last time they came to London. Yeah. Um, then, of course, in the middle, they did the Joshua Tree album tour. Right. And so this time, and I'm telling you this as if you don't know it, but of course no, you no. do, <laughs> but they, they did no songs at all from the Joshua Tree, which was amazing. Not, not even Where the Streets Have No Name? No, I don't think so. I don't think they did. I think mm. they didn't do any. I think they deliberately didn't do any. Okay. Because they'd done because the... Because they'd done the Joshua yeah. Tree, the whole show. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, they did lots of songs that were from older albums, but right. they just didn't do any from that one. Well, they they have such an amazing, yeah. amazing catalogue of songs. Mm. You know, they can they can do the, the the, you know, they have to leave hits out. Yes, you know. Yeah, and that's the struggle. And I suppose now, having having been touring for what three years more or less, yeah. are they going to take some time off? I spoke to them the other day, and um, they they are going to pretty much take take time off next mm. year. Yeah, they're, they're going to be doing some recording, and Edge will always be yes. You know, he's the scientist. Yeah, he'll always twiddling with something i thought i was I, I never thought i'd see it but i was seeing I, when he was doing the, the piano for new year's day yeah I, I, I didn't even know you could play the piano i mean oh he's know. a great piano player. yeah oh, he's just a musical mm. musical per he's the music behind yeah. that band yeah no sure. it's tremendous across the uk online and on dab the independent republic of mike graham on talk radio if you enjoyed that be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1 monday to friday on talk radio via dab online or via the talk radio app if you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.